everybody, it's your girl Danielle, and you're listening to Talk Radio. That's right, Paper Dolls, Life is a Go-Getter, where you get the female perspective on men, money, sex, power, and everything in between. We're giving it to you straight, no paper. As always, the CBCs are in the building. Shout it out, ladies, what it is. What it is, Danielle, it's your girl T-Strong, always what up, ladies and everybody out there? It's your girl, Shannon G, always in the mother freaking house. And last but not least, you know who keeps my money true, my assets tight, and the paper dolls right. How you doing, ladies? It's a thing. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, ladies. And welcome to all of our listeners. This is um, a great show, I guess, for us this evening. We're super excited to welcome the Flavor 450 to the PD family. What's up to everyone, and thank you for joining the Paper Dolls family this evening. So um, we're just going to get started with um, a little bit of our show topic. It's called Students of the Game. Tonight we'll be investigating women entrepreneurs and being students of our industry. We're going to be joined tonight by a very special guest, Michelle DeKinder-Smith founder of Jane Out of the Box. Welcome to the program, Michelle. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. We're glad to have you as well. So, ladies, um, tonight has been really, really rough. I'm going to need y'all to help me get into the swing of things. Came home from work. My children had locked themselves into the playroom. They also, before they locked themselves into the playroom, had locked the, the storm door to the front door of the house. So oh they were locked God. in the playroom, and I couldn't get in the house to get to them. Oh, my goodness. So oh. needless to say, my evening has been just fab. Very How did you get in? Um, there's a, a back door that leads into the playroom that leads into the backyard. So they can get out of the house, but they were kind of confined to this one room of the house. Oh, my God. And just so that, you know, to give you a little bit of comic relief, there's an attic entry in the playroom that we thought may continue to the other attic entry on the second level. However, it did not, and I didn't find this out until I was in the attic and put my foot through the ceiling of the playroom. (laughs) Oh, no. Yes, quite an interesting evening. (laughs) And I can honestly say that I really wanted to call and be like, you know what, I'm not going to show up tonight. (laughs) Wow. So this is probably... Yes, very fun. And this is the plight probably that, you know, not everyone puts their foot through the ceiling of their playroom. However, something that just moms and doing business have to deal with. So, you know, it kind of goes with our show topic all together. (laughs) So I'm here, but you guys are going to have to keep me rolling and keep the energy going tonight. It's all about girl power. We will. (laughs) Girl power. Yes, thank you very, very much. Well, speaking of girl power, that's a, that brings us to our topic. <laughs> yes, it does. Because you got to have girl power in order to be a student of the game and be a business owner. Yes, Absolutely. definitely. And um, I think that Michelle's going to bring a lot to tonight's show. Um, she has tons of information to share with us. And basically, in our efforts to inspire, um, direct, and advise in some capacity, 
with um, Michelle's assistance, of course. All of you women out there that are listening and are looking forward to starting your own business, are currently in business, expanding your business, learning how to market your business, because we don't always have the luxury of the quote-unquote good old boy network at our disposal, but it's time for us to make a good old girl network. What do you say about that? Right. It's easier said than done. (laughs) It is, but, you know, the PD is going to try and get it started off. Right. I thought it was really funny. First of all, in doing some research, kind of found an old, super old New York Times article that was published back in August 28th of 1910. Wow. um, Yes. The article was titled, The Woman Auctioneer, She Ought to Keep Out of the Business, Says the Auction Manager, and He Gives Reasons. (laughs) Okay. So I'm cracking up because I'm saying, you know, how far we really progressed is, it's, I don't want to say it's, it's a, I guess it's up to opinion, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because not so much. People aren't saying that anymore, right. like not in the freaking New York Times, but it really still kind of <coughs> exists. And I'm thinking to myself, there really needs a man that says, give me five, give me five, I hear five, I want ten, anybody got ten, anybody got ten, let me hear twenty. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem doing that, and I'm not an auctioneer at all. <laughs> You know, what's so what's so interesting and just hearing you say, like, oh, you know, guys think we should stay out of the workplace or certain areas. And I, I found myself doing something one time that I felt bad about. But, you know me, I'm like, you you are what you see. You are what you, I mean, I am what you, what you get. No, that's not right. But you know what I'm trying to say. But <laughs> I, I am what watching, I am. <laughs> I am what I am. I am what you get, whatever. <clears throat> but um, I was watching sports, like Sports Center, the whole thing. And I don't know if you if you are a sports watch yourself, but there now are more women um, anchors or um, or commentators or hosts, and it's just interesting because you'll hear in certain games, and I was watching like basketball games recently, and it seems like almost every single basketball game I watch, they have one male and one female. Now, I found myself, to just to be honest with you, she annoyed the hell out of me. I was kind of like, I want her to go away because it just wasn't the same, like, natural. It was almost like her, her every every joke was forced and, you know, it was just, it was a weird kind of dynamic. And maybe it's because they felt like, oh, to have a woman, we have to have her on here. It didn't seem like she was in that position because she was really good because there are some women who are great and I'm like, okay, I love them. I can tell they've been in sports their entire lives. But, you know, she's just very awkward. So in the, in that in that field, I don't mind just hearing men because I've heard it all my life. And don't get me wrong, I think women should definitely be able to get anywhere. But I found myself being like, I wish she would go away and bring a man. You're a hater. Sandy's I am. A hater. <laughs> but I but if she was good though, but if she was really good, I'd be kind of like, all right, that's that's dope. But it was just real force. Like her jokes were like ha ha ha, and now we've got. And I'm like, just shut up already. <laughs> That's not nice, but that like you have this this guy's um whole attitude. His um one of those statements that he says is talking to the lady, he said, This is back to the auctioneer thing, he said, I don't want you to think that all women who wish to try he's well, let me start again, I'm sorry, he said, I don't want you to think, period. All women who wish to try their hand at auctioning are natural born idiots. <laughs> oh wow. my god. I'm like, what is going on? Who published this? 1910 was such a rude time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Michelle, in your um, efforts with Jane Out of the Box, have you found that this, you know, these are really things that 
today's women still encounter fields that men are just like, you know, really stay out of. I understand you have the entrepreneurial spirit, but I'm going to need you to direct your spirit somewhere else. Well, you know, I don't know that I've encountered that so much because one of the things that is amazing really to me, and we do a lot of research about women, but women now own or are at least partial owners of 40% of the businesses in this country. Wow. So we've made yeah, huge yeah. inroads. Yeah. And about what y'all are talking about, about the, the sports newscaster and that kind of a thing, I think part of what differentiates women today is we don't necessarily have to act like a man in order to be successful in business. Right. I like right? that. We can act like women and appreciate the parts of ourselves that are women and still be successful. So, you know, 40% of businesses are, are at least partially owned by women, and there's more than 7 million businesses that are primarily owned by women in the U.S. That's so women are definitely out there starting lots of businesses. Well, why is it that with those numbers, I mean, to me, those are staggering statistics, and, and, <clears throat> but you don't get the feel in the marketplace Mm-hmm. that those numbers tend to be true. Are they you know in, I think, No, go ahead. No, I'm just, are they in less um I guess less consumer or you know service oriented businesses where that you wouldn't see that face to face or when you look at the census data that the government puts out every, you know, every 10 years or so, mm-hmm. about two thirds of those businesses are service based businesses. But I think a lot of the reason you don't see it is because many, many women business owners are running their businesses out of their house. Well, yeah, so they have not no retail. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. And if That's you're a home and you're trying to, and if you don't have a, a you know, a, a service, well, not a service, but I guess something that you have to really sell that needs you to have a space to do that, then, you know, that's the smarter option. Exactly, and, and especially so if you're nice. trying to raise your kids and run right. a business. Right? You can be home right. with them. In your bathroom. I love the idea of doing business <laughs> in my pajamas. Matter of fact, I have my pajamas on right now. Nice. I love it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. I work from home. I worked from home for a while, and it was it was really nice just to be able to kind of wake up and have my own coffee, and you spent less money actually eating out and things like Going that. Or Starbucks, because exactly. Shannon has a problem with Starbucks. So actually, I don't anymore. You, you've been gone too long. I, have, oh, I haven't had really? Starbucks in a very long time. <gasps> But I'm I have so a thing proud. with <laughs> I have a thing with coffee. Um, but you know, it's just like it was it's so it was so nice to be able to have my own coffee in the morning and just kinda lollygag around and watch T V if I wanted to. And don't get me wrong, I was working, but I also found myself doing a lot more work like later later in the evening. Now I mm-hmm. yes, I stay at work really late sometimes, but I felt like if the computer was there, I could constantly be checking it and doing things like that. And sometimes in the weekend, I find myself doing the same thing. So there are goods and bads to both. I would lose my mind, though, if I had kids there an entire time. They had to go away. <laughs> well, you have to have some structure in that, I think. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree with that. And I also believe that, and I don't know, maybe you can tell me if this is true or not, but I believe that there, the reason why there's so many of these businesses, 40% of the of the new businesses or whatever belongs to women is because we tend to take our passion and transform our knowledge and expertise into a successful business. Or, you know, we'll see a need for something that's missing and then turn it into, you know, this is great. Cause I've heard so many different um, success stories about people who say, well, you know, I was feeding my baby one day, and, you know, this 
thing kept, her food kept coming out of her mouth, of course, just like babies do, and it kept getting on her clothes. Well, so I created this bib with a pocket in it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like those type of things that, you know, I think pretty much run or push that 40%. Is that true? I suspect that you're right, and I think a lot of that is because as women, right, we we do work to try to solve other people's problems mm-hmm. and understand what people well, need and kind of take care of them. So if you can take that idea and turn that into a passion and then into a business, that's awesome. Michelle, it's can you do us a favor? Because I know that we've, yeah. we've said the name of your company, Jane, out of the box. But can uh-huh. you please give us exactly what your company is and what you what you do and how you came to have such a wonderful business? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, The company is called Jane Out of the Box, and it's online at janeoutofthebox.com. And what we are is an online community for women business owners. So we're in the business that we do a lot of research about women to really understand them and what their needs are as business owners. And then we provide lots of expert advice, um, articles, research, information, tools. Uh, And we also have an online directory where you can promote your business and online discussion boards where you can connect with and network with other women business owners to get ideas about how what they're doing and how they're becoming successful. Yes, that sounds really great. I love it. That's the concept. And, um, you know, I, I started this company last year because I was a woman business owner myself. I started my first business about 10 years ago now. And really just through that Thank you. (laughs) And just through that process, got really excited about understanding what helps people be successful, right? And so in doing that research and talking to other business owners and networking with them to understand what works and what doesn't work, um, the idea for Jane Out of the Box came into existence. Well, I'm glad you did it because, you know, one of the things that the dolls and I always talk about is the reason why, or we discuss the reasons why women are so afraid to take the risk and open their own business as well as, you know, sharing their resources. This is, you know, I think Danielle mentioned it earlier, the good old boy network, you know, is where pretty much men get together and do it all the time. But for some strange reason, we always or not always, I don't want to put everybody in this same category, but a lot of women just don't feel comfortable. I don't know if it's a comfort level from a competition standpoint or what. They're but, scared you know, they're going to steal their idea. Right. I mean, and that's a big problem that I've always had in the past is, you know, because, and, well, you wouldn't know this, but um, my background is marketing. So for me, it's all about the ideas. So if I put together a proposal that spells everything out for you, then you don't really need me. You could just do it. <laughs> You know, sure. so I find it difficult sometimes, and it's not with not with regard to sharing this information with other women if we're going to collaborate together and that sort of thing, but more so just kind of putting those out, ideas out there in fear of them being, I don't know, for lack of a better word, stolen. stolen. Right. <laughs> just say it, stolen. <laughs> There's thieves out there. <laughs> There are. So I think you do, right? If you're thinking about going into business, you do have to be smart about that and not share your the brilliant idea, right, or the twist that you have that's a little bit different. Um, but going back to that uh, question about kind of networking and sharing information, I think one of the difficult things is because so many women run their businesses from home, it's hard to even kind of get out there, right, to meet other women to network with. 
so the good old boys that you talked about and kind of the networking luncheons, it can be tough to find the time to do that, especially if you're running a business already, if you're running it from home, how do you, you, know, how do you make the time to get out of your home office and, and get to one of those kinds of luncheons? So that's why I love the idea of trying to network with people online, because it gives you an opportunity to do that as your own time allows. Right. And you know, I before I relate to that, because a lot of people don't even like to get out in those public settings. They just yeah. rather send an email and be done with it. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be. That would be me. I'm I'm so not the people person, which makes it rather difficult to expand the business. But I have an amazing marketing consultant. <laughs> but, I, I mean, that is me. I am the call you first thing in the morning. If you're not in there yet, you're going to get a detailed voicemail. You call me back with information, or my emails are very direct. I'm telling you exactly what I need. So let's maximize the moment here because you are, you know, as a mother and as a working mother and as a business owner, you know, you're trying to juggle all these balls. You're wearing several different hats, and it's about being time efficient. As, as well, know, I, from my standpoint. I love that you said that because I mentioned earlier, right, we've interviewed hundreds of women, and we've also interviewed a lot of men, business owners too. And one of the things that you definitely hear that is a difference between women and men is that women are all about time. They are. I mean, obviously anybody who starts a business wants to make money and be successful, right? Right. But men, when you ask them, what are you really after, they say, oh, I want financial freedom. And you ask women, and they say, I want to be in control of my time. I want to be able to maximize my time and be smart about it and juggle all those different hats that I'm wearing. Well, you know, before you even – the big picture, little picture. And, I mean, you know, women are and have always been focused on detail, you know. Men see the ultimate goal. Like you said, I want to be financially free, but women, you know, and I think a lot of women business owners for that reason, whether they're even, let's look at the fact that, you know, T. Strong talked about the mother who came up with the bib idea as an example, but they're trying to see how can I maximize my time with, like, my kids and my family and still have a thriving business. That will bring income into my house and, you know, still prosper. We can't just be at home. So I think the difference, and to me, I mean, you know, some of the women businesses that I've seen that have come when I'm just like, wow, like, I wish I thought of that, is because they, you know, utilizing the time, like you said, Michelle, trying to figure out how to maximize their time, they found ways to do something that they loved or something that they enjoyed doing where it didn't feel like they were working, but at the same time, they made a business out of it, and there was some, you know, contribution and growth from it. You know, I feel like it's even more than. Excuse me, and tell me if you if you've seen this from your um, from your research and 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 just speaking with people and all all the online networking. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there like good old moi, where I have all these grandiose (laughs) ideas and and I don't know what it is. Actually, I know what it is. It's some kind of sense of fear. And even though I'm a very secure person, very confident. I feel like I am very successful in in what I do. I still have this part of me that almost feels like it couldn't happen. And and then the the other side of me would say, well, why you know why wouldn't it? You know, these people who who have done these things aren't any different than me. They're human beings as well. But it's just something inside of me. It's almost like it's this really like huge task that I feel like I need help. You know, at the same time, I don't trust people well, so when it comes down to, you know, to actually getting that help or working with people, then I find myself being kind of like, 
okay, well, I really could do this myself because there's a lot of button heads going on. You know, right. but I think it's really – I don't know if it's just – if this is something you've run up against, but I guess my question is, like, for those people who have that fear inside, is there anything that they can do if they have some great idea of, of how to start a business and, and even business savvy and know how to do these things, but it's that first step of how do you get off your behind and, and get that fear out of, your, out of your mind in order to actually take that first step and follow through with it? Yeah, I think what you're talking about is very real, and a lot of people go through that. And I think part of the reason is because you've got that passion, right? You've got that incredible idea, and you may not necessarily have all the other different component parts about running a business, right? You may not know how to handle QuickBooks. You may not know how to hire an attorney or structure in a corporation. You may not know how to buy online advertising. Right, but still, you've got this great idea, and you just may not have all the business knowledge to wrap around that. So part of it is kind of doing your homework, right? And 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 you mentioned it yourself, asking for help, which can be the hard thing. Um, but really, turning to other people who are experts in the business or other women who've done it before you to get their ideas for how how do I make it happen? Yeah, and right? I think so that's that you the bigger that thing because level. I'm always. Um, I always get stuck when you get to the business plan point. Like, Mm -hmm. I could write it, you know, the whole adjectives, make it sound flowery, whole thing, I got that. But as soon as you start talking about your, you know, six-month and three-year financial plan, it starts to sound like womp, womp, wompity, wompity, womp, womp. (laughs) Like, dude, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) That is like the worst, and that, that will kill me every time. And you may need to um, get some additional assistance when it comes to the um, business plan portion, which is what um, Michelle was saying about asking for help. And you're listening to Paper Dolls Internet Radio with Michelle DeKinder-Smith, founder of Jane Out of the Box. And we're talking about students of the game, women entrepreneurs. Well, Michelle, I have another question for you. Sure. I'm just going to get all up in your head this evening. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> all right, you go right ahead. <laughs> Another question is the risk factor. Okay, first of all, the risk, yes. Ooh, big but one, big one. It's a huge thing because uh, for those people who cannot afford to quit their jobs to start their own business, this is the other thing. Like if I got rid of the fear, I work so many hours at my own job that and then by the time I get home, you know, aside from my dedication to the paper dolls and 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 being available every single time we have something going on, this is it, it literally is so difficult for me to come home and do that research and do things. And what I actually want to do probably needs to be done. And for most people, things need to be done done during business hours because people don't want you calling them at 10 p.m. at night trying to drum up business or talk to them Not about to business plans. You're just sleeping. Exactly. I mean, and, and if you and if you work if you work a full time job and you also have to take care of your personal life and things at home, it is very difficult. So, how is it that people are actually able to open these businesses without sacrificing so much and without taking these risks, or do you just have to jump out there and figure it out? Because I mean, saving schmavings. I've been a you know consultant most of my career, <laughs> you know. So there are some people who are like, oh, I saved up so much money. Don't even give me that one. 
Let's talk about those people who don't save shit. And, and <laughs> <laughs> keep it real. You're wrong. I mean, I'm being real. Radio for a reason, people. It's yeah. real. I mean, because it really could have been like, oh, you know, well, just save money. No, no, no. Don't give me that answer because that doesn't work for me. Um, so what? how do you start a business when you've got to work to pay the bills? That's, it's, it is tough, isn't it? And I think... Um, of all the women that we interviewed, about half of them started their businesses part-time. So it feels like, right, you've always either got time or money, and, and it's kind of hard to get both. Um, so so the answer, I think, in the absence of money is that you do need to start slower and start part-time. And or is there the, the possibility that <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> yeah, or can I, yeah, I get a higher-paying day job. I <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that falls in that camp. I had to throw that in there. Just my comic relief for the day. <laughs> but yeah, I think starting part time is one way around it. Um, there's also the idea that hey, can you hire somebody to help you part time do some of the things during the day if you're if you're mm. caught up at work? You know, there's a um, be strong. There's kind of. There's kind of a new trend in women businesses. It's called having a, or not just women businesses, but small businesses. It's called having a virtual assistant. Love this is somebody, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like an ad- administrative assistant or a project manager type person that you could hire for, you know, even five, ten hours a week. So that person might be able to get something going during the day while you're at work and have I stuff ready for you someone, to review. I knew someone that does that for a living, like basically, but she does it on a different level to where, um, say, if you have a mass mailing that you need to go out, you know, you would send her the actual letter, she puts it all together, prints them out, you know, does the labels for your your um, envelope and sends everything out, and then, you know, she'll go back and create like a whole little spreadsheet when she calls everybody and follows up with them and that sort of thing. I mean, she just paid a pretty decent amount of money to do that. I mean, and so I guess... So people, T-Strong just laid out a business plan for you. Take that idea and run with it. That's yeah, the nugget for tonight. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And so if you are working a full-time job, that might be a way, right, to get yourself started and minimize how much time you were personally putting into it. But as the owner, you are going to have to get down into the right into the business planning and figuring out how how to make it all work, and that does take time. Um, some other things I've seen people do, and depending on your full time job, try to negotiate a four day work week, mm-hmm. so that you have that Friday off, and that's your day to build your business. Yeah, that's getting harder too. Yeah, that doesn't work out too well. <laughs> yeah, anyway. We're able to push the telecommuting and all these other different things. I think the employers got um, wise on that, and they're like, hmm, they're fighting a little hard. They said, no, we want you to work five days. So, no, we'd rather you in the office. But Not so much. Not possible, <laughs> but. Well, but you have to use that lunch hour to your advantage. Oh, I do. I, I turn that, it, that hour into two to three sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you can get and a another trend that I've noticed is there's a lot of um, – younger, um, I guess our baby boomers, um, who have started their businesses early. And, you know, here you have a 20, between the age of 20 and 30, you have, you know, these young business entrepreneurs who have started, you know, multi-million dollar companies at an Mm -hmm. early age. So it's encouraging, too, to, I guess, younger, you know, I guess 
in college and in college, you know, when you have an idea to run with it at an early age because then you don't have the bills. <laughs> I wish I could you don't it. have the bills, but you also have the luxury of having tons and tons and tons right. of tools at your disposal. I mean, all those research papers for all you marketing and business majors mm-hmm. that they make you create these, you know, virtual companies and you have a team and you do um, focus groups and so do it on something that you're actually interested in. Utilize the time and the resources and the professors that are at your disposal right. and all the professionals that they bring in to assist you with these projects. Streamline your business plan for free. Exactly. On, you know, why you have all of this expertise around you to assist you with that and get your business. That's where a lot of those things come from. They get their business models down pat. It's like, okay, you want me to do a project? This is going to benefit both of us and grow it from there. Right. So I encourage all the college age students to run with it, you know, take Please. advantage and sprint. <laughs> Start with a slow jog. <laughs> Work it up to a sprint real, real fast, though. <laughs> you know, Danielle, you said something earlier in, um, during our show that was about women in business and you know, it's interesting because I believe, well, you and I are in totally different industries as far as our other job, you know. Yes. And what's so interesting in the publishing world is a lot of the magazines that I've actually worked with, there are few men. Like you go into these, these boardrooms and, and I literally am just kind of like, where, where the guys at? You know, it's, and it's, <laughs> it's a very interesting thing to see because women are running the show. Now, don't get me wrong, there'll be a guy here and there, you know, there'll be a male publisher. And there's usually which, a lot of them at the top if they're there right. at all. And well, way at the top, ones who aren't, right. who you who don't really see on a daily basis. Exactly. But there are some very high-level executives who are women, and most of the staff are women, which is really great to see. So in my industry, it's actually very different. I am either around very few men, homosexual men, or no men at all. So if I, I would love to be in a job where I was surrounded by men. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, where are the men? <laughs> well, no. well, I had, you know, I'm in the construction industry, so I'm exactly. always like the elephant in the room. Exactly. It's like, you know, when they expect, you know, the, the project manager or the engineer to show up on a job site, I'm not exactly what they're expecting to see. Mm-hmm. Especially not, you know, coming with, you know, I'm tiptoeing in my three-inch stilettos and my hard hat. Like, that's not what they, right. you know, they're not expecting that. At all. So I totally understand women making the transition into what they may be considering male-dominated fields. And I think Michelle touched on it earlier, the beauty of it, you know, now is that we don't have to be men to be in those industries, that we can embrace all of the beautiful facets of our femininity in that instance, you know. And, I, you know, you learn very quickly how to hold your own. You know, they may be impressed by a pretty face, but, you know, about, two, three minutes, but if you're not bringing something behind that, the novelty wears off pretty fast. And not just some junk in your trunk either. No, not just some junk in your trunk. I'm with you. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> that sometimes gets in the way. I don't know if you guys have seen that. And I'm not saying your junk in the trunk gets in the way you can't walk and stuff like that. That's not what I'm saying. Like you can't get into a sure. really little itty-bitty car because no. your butt is too big. Shannon the point I'm I making, both have experienced this. We know. Yeah, it's just uh, we have to be either biatches. We have to have work extra, extra hard, and you know, and it's and it's tough. It's actually, it, let me say this: it's not even with men. 
I've realized that in my industry with women, yes. when I walk into a room being an attractive female, I people automatically think I'm going to be a certain way. I'm going to be standoffish and um, that I'm not as approachable. Stupid. That I'm going to be stupid, like not as smart that I got there some other way and not right. just being intelligent. And it's interesting. It's interesting and kind of annoying, but I've gotten to the point where I'm a loner, so I'll just chill on my own and be fine and have the friends that I have. But it is really interesting. It doesn't only happen by men. And to be honest with you, being in an industry with a lot more women, when there are a few men, I seem to get more respect from them, and it probably is a pretty thing. You know, just that kind of, uh, that professional flirting that she, that is okay to do. Oh, you, you know, you. not, what's the thing? Holla. But it's it's just an interesting dynamic, This the adding the attractive thing on the other side, which may help having your own business and working from home because people don't have to see how you look. You have to, really, you just have to be good at what you do. You know, if you if you own a business from home, it really and it, it's just icing on the cake. If you show up to a to a luncheon every once in a while, when you can get away from home, and it's like, wow, this is how she looks as well. Right. But, so Michelle, yeah, but you don't want to hide yourself away either. No, no. I don't. Right. I, don't. I mean, you shouldn't have to do that. No, I shouldn't. And I don't have my tatas out or anything like that. I'm a drink professional. No areolis, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no areolis in the office, please. We had been several shows without that it just resurfaced, and you just had to bring it up. <laughs> Michelle, there were first. There were some shows that the first several shows we did. I don't know what it was, but we always got back to areolis. Obsessed. With now areolis. we. It was it's not a collective. It was not a collective areolis. effort. Yes, it was. It was not. Not. But Michelle, I have a question. I was watching, um, and I actually want to say, I believe it was Susie Orman, and she was talking about um, women. And one of the things she stated, which it struck me, because she gave examples, and I want to know from your experience if you agree, that as women, unfortunately, we we um, tend to sell ourselves a little shorter when we, I guess you could say, price our services or, you know, the value that we put on what we actually do. Um, we tend to be more, a little bit more lenient and more giving, like more negotiating when it comes to, you know, negotiating fees. Like I guess even in starting out a business and you offer something and they say, well, I'll do it for this. We're, we're more likely to, you know, give, give, give um, than men. Do you, do you find that in your experience? Have you seen that? Or? I, I suspect that's true. I know when I started my own first business, I went through that. And I think it's just kind of natural because, A, as women, we tend to want to please other mm-hmm. people, We're right, pleased. kind of take care of them and put them first. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But also, if you're new starting your business, you may not have that confidence that says, hey, this is what I'm worth, right? right. Whereas I think men more like they just kind of come into the world that way, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, like right. I, I know what I'm worth, and women may not so much. So I, I think that's absolutely true. And then what happens over time when you're successful, then you come to realize, right, this is what I'm worth, but then you have to deal with raising your prices. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so someone that had no, made yeah, been a, you know, a repeat client that now you're like, now you're charging what? Inflation, right. dude, inflation. <laughs> All I know that's is that the, the, right, the right business to have is the $4,500 business. Well, all you have to do is give a little bit of your bootay and you get $4,500 <laughs> from the governor. 
That is oh serious. too much television. Wow, the bus But when I when I when I saw right how much she made per, I was like, she must be good. Forty five hundred dollars every single time she did some thing. I mean, that's just crazy to me. That's the that's old a business woman that right they've there. Never had a problem with women owned businesses in that regard. I tell you, she is. And I know some some women out there are just really mad at me for saying that, and I'm just playing. So maybe they are the forty five hundred dollars. Just think every single time prices. you had sex with your mate or your husband, every time if you got forty five hundred dollars, you would be banking. <laughs> I'm gonna need to start charging my fiance. <laughs> Boo boo, leave the money by the bed. <laughs> so I can start my business. Well that would be a good nest egg for that business that you're juggling between that the time sure and the money. Would be. That no, sure not so be. much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm. I'm a lover, not a fighter, but not that kind of lover. <laughs> not a paid lover. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yes, and it continues to go downhill on Paper Dolls <laughs> Internet Radio tonight. We're being joined by Michelle DeKinder Smith, founder of Jane Out of the Box, and we're examining students of the game, women entrepreneurs. Okay, Michelle, we're talking about being students of the game, so let's get our students some information. Let's do a little bit of teaching here and get out of that mess we were just talking about. (laughs) Say I have the idea. I think that I've, uh, I've overcome the fear. The financing in an ideal world is not an issue. What are the steps of actually physically starting your business? Well, that's a, that's a great question, and I think one of the things that we counsel women right off the bat is first you have to understand what are your goals as a business owner, right? So why am I starting this business, and what do I want it to achieve for me? And the reason I think that is so important is because it is very easy to create a business that then becomes a a trap for you, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say that I, I love to cook. Well, I might start a restaurant, but if being home with my children is really important to me, then maybe that's not the right thing to do, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's a 24-7 kind of a business. Oh, yeah. So I think the very first thing is to get clear on what's the lifestyle that you want to create using your business. Do you want lots of free time? Is that your deal? Then you need to, then you need to build a business that's going to work to that. Do you want to make tons of money? Well, that may, be, may look like a different kind of a business. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first step. Um, the second step is to do your homework and to really do some research about what it's going to take to make it in your business and who your competition is. So I would I would say right off the bat, you know, go online, find out who else is serving the same market that you're interested in serving. What are they charging? What are they offering? Research that competition and find out what they're doing so you can find out how you can do it better or do it differently to offer something different. Um, and so once you've done your research and you kind of know where you're headed, that's the time I think that you want to sit down and write that business plan. You kind of picture what's the three-year goal, or you know, where do I want to be in a year, and where do I want to be in three years, and then, so I've got my target, and I know what my competition is doing, and that's when you start planning out step by step what do you need to do to be successful. How and long I, does a business plan need to be? Forty-five thousand pages. Yes, <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
You know, it's, it really it's very in depth. Yeah, I mean, can you give us like a just a brief of like what usually what's included? Is it every single aspect of your business from start to finish, from the finances to the staff to the this to that, or? <laughs> that is a fantastic question, and the answer is it depends on how you're going to use that business plan. If you are going to try to use that business plan to get a loan, then it absolutely needs to include all that stuff, right? It needs to talk about your industry. It needs to talk about who your competition is. It needs to talk about the people who are going to be involved in your business, who are the owners, and what do the employee structure look like, what is the money going to look like, how are you making money, who are your customers, what are your costs, all of that. And that kind of a business plan, which is traditionally what you learn in school, right, is, is pretty extensive and pretty in-depth. Oh, yeah. Blood type, DNA, yep. height, weight. No. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Blood type. <laughs> yeah. So if you're trying to get a business loan, you do need to write that kind of a plan. But I, I can tell you, it is tough to get a business loan for a startup. It's tough. So that's where the whole idea of savings came in, and I don't know who said that earlier, but, you know, and to have that savings. $4,500 again. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> to have your savings or to have your full-time job or another part-time job, some kind of income flowing in is important because getting a business loan is tough. Um, now, let's talk about if you're not trying to get a loan, though. Really, your business plan is just about you sitting down and getting clear with yourself about what it is you want to accomplish and mapping it out. So that could look like anything, right? It could look like a bullet-pointed list right. of these are the top 15 things I need to do next and put dates on them so that you have something to track your progress against. Right. Mm -hmm. so it can be simple. It just it's it's whatever you need to be clear in your own mind about what you're doing when, because it's kind of easy to get lost. It, it, it is very easy start. to get lost, and I think a lot of people get bogged down in um, I guess the first type of business plan that you spoke about. If you're trying to acquire financing and all the financials that are you know involved in you know, and all the projections and things that people are just really not familiar with. But I think more so the objective of the business plan is just to really get you to sit down and put some thought into your business and not just, you know, say, ooh, you know, I want to sell pancakes and tomorrow you out there flipping. You need to, you know, <laughs> flip it. You know, sit down and ask yourself, a series of questions. Find out, you know, just because people have great ideas, do not always make them the best business owners. I mean, everyone is not meant to own their own business, and you need to really examine yourself and ask yourself some, you know, some really hard questions. Am I built for this? Because it's not easy. You know, right. do I have the organizational skills for this? Do I have the time to commit to this? Do I have the passion to see this through? Or is it just because I had a really good set of pancakes yesterday and everybody else seemed to love them, so that might be a good business, but next week I decide, you know, I'm going off carbs and I'm not eating pancakes anymore. You know, that type of thing. I think that was that. a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> so the bottom just, line is know yourself, you know. Right. Yeah, definitely. Cool. If you're pancakes. Yeah, Every two days important. you want to change your business, then that's probably not the route that you want to go. And then also, um, like Michelle said, I mean, just from the bank perspective, if you are not willing to take any risk, neither are they. So the savings is definitely, wow, that's definitely a, a must. Um, so and that's how that's how banks are looking at it now. If you if you yeah, don't have anything, ask, that's that you're the first question. Up. How much are yeah. you putting in? Right. Exactly. So what you're trying exactly. to say is, I really don't. You need that 4500 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to. I just got to figure out how to write a business plan to the man in my on a life about. State. New York has been taken, so you got. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, so, yeah. mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. you know, the other thing that business plan can do, though, for you is help you keep from getting discouraged. Because let's say you put it on say, paper, well, doesn't huh? that do the opposite? Doesn't it discourage you? No, I don't think so. Because here, because when when you get lost, right, or if you run the risk of getting lost, let's say you want to, let's say you're a great artist and you wanted to do graphic design work, you know, helping people design stationery and business card logos and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. You got to figure out, well, how many customers do I have to talk to to make this business successful? And is it, you know, am I going to land one percent of those accounts? Right? Mm-hmm. So if you know that, it's going to be 1%. Well, after your 10th call and you've been told no 10 times, right, you're you're feeling kind of discouraged. But then you go back to your plan and you right. go, okay, no. Maybe I've got to talk to 100 people. <laughs> right? Then I'm going to get there. <laughs> and that is it when my head starts to hurt. Like, you know, this is when you need one of those little bells that you ding at your own desk. I just got one. Ding. Pick it up. like something to keep you motivated because going through a hundred I mean is just really really difficult like I'm not a big fan of rejection me and the word no unless it's coming out of my mouth is still not my friend so I have a big I take an issue with no I really do and I try not to take it personally and the one thing about it that I have found um, and I'm sure the dolls can probably agree with me Mm -hmm. is that I I agree. (laughs) <laughs> she agree already, pre-agreeing. Um, <laughs> I have no problem pushing everyone else's thing and hearing no because that's my job. As a marketer, that's what I do. I could do it all day, every day, and not feel a single hurt feeling behind it. But the second I go out there to try and sell my thing or sell myself, not in the $4,500 way, but sell the thing that I'm doing, and I get, like, five no's, I'm just annoyed and ready to slap the next number six. Serious. <laughs> because it's personal. Because I want them to have the pre-agreements like Shannon G. Right. <laughs> they do not follow the rules. Well, I feel like you do take it personally because you, yeah. you make that ug face when people say no to you. <laughs> yes. I don't like it. Well, I I think it's hard not to, right? But so maybe for you, maybe for you, one of the strategies would be, well, let me set up a marketing model or a sales model that doesn't require that. Maybe I market my business on the Internet where I'm not having to hear that, right? They're coming to me. That is cool. I like it. (laughs) I like when they come to me. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that's what your girlfriends can be for, right? That's what other women who own businesses can do for you. You network with them, you build relationships with them, and when you're feeling just down because you've had that fifth rejection, you go out for martini. <laughs> well, exactly. Go out for a martini, or, or yeah. call them up, or go online and say, "Look, this is where I'm at. Somebody, you know, somebody help me out here." And someone's going to come along and give you a fresh perspective and and help you, you know, pick yourself back up and get on the phone again. Right. You know, I think I think one of the reasons why women are so like have so many difficulties in working together, or what T said earlier about sharing the sharing information and kind of being afraid someone's going to take it right under her hand, red handed. I was thinking about something that happened with my brother and I was when I was hanging out with him a while ago, and he's hanging out with some friends, and they were doing some things that I don't agree with. 
Um, and I just immediately was very judgmental. And there were some girls there, and I kind of was, was just hanging out with my brother and not really paying attention to these girls, even though they could have been really cool. Just from what they did immediately, I kind of had this, my defensive side up. Like, you just had don't. the ugg face, too. I had the ugg face, you know, and I was being very judgmental. And, and the thing is, and I said to him, how can you hang out with these people? They, they do this all the time. And he's just kind of like, yeah, that's their business. Like, what they do is their business. They're cool people. You know, as long as they're not trying to offer anything to me, like, I'm I'm good, you know. And I just could not understand it. I'm just like, there's no way I could have friends like that, you know. Like, but I think it's the same thing where maybe men aren't as aren't as judgmental. They kind of take you for what you are. Like, if you're gonna be able to help me in my business, or if you're gonna be able to just, if we can politic and 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 share information and hopefully make each other money, that's all they're really thinking about. Is like that's what their goal is. We want to go yeah. into like, how is her personality, and is she gonna do this, and is she gonna do that, <laughs> you know? And there's so many. We're very things emotional. We're emotionally connected to it. It's just kind of like, well, I don't like the kind of person she is. Or what if she, you know, there's so many different things that go into it instead of just being like, wow, she's a businesswoman. I'm a businesswoman. We can help each other and put all that stuff aside because really at the end of the day it's about business. I think that's right. tough totally for women. I totally agree with you because I've seen men compete on a level that should have had them rolling around in the dirt this fight. Right. And right. they are really serious about it. I mean, like, tempers are high. Not really tempers, but, like, the emotion is uh-huh. really high, you know, whatever. And then five minutes later, they're like kids on a playground because then they go have beer. Right. And I'm standing and like, there like, what just happened? <laughs> women just tend to be a little bit, well, we hold on to our emotions. Come on now. I mean, we right. hold on to our emotions a little bit longer. It's like we carry it on our shoulders. Right. And so it's like, yeah, you just got out of that. It, you, it takes a moment to kind of regroup before you're willing to say, okay, you know. Um, and I guess it comes back to, like Michelle was saying earlier, she thought men were just born with the ability to, you know, like say, I'm worth it. It goes back to, you know, our ability to compete um, without carrying, you know, that burden. It's the same thing, you without know. Without taking it personal. Right. Right. And one of the great things, though, about owning your own business, right, is you get to choose who you work with. Right. And if you don't like that other woman's values, and you don't like what she stands for, then you don't have to partner with her or work with her or do business with her at all. And right. women, let's not take that and run with it, because if you have to fire everybody that you ever hired, <laughs> right. there's a problem with the problem. Hello, with exactly. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Sometimes yes. you got to look at yourself and take ownership. <laughs> like, hmm, what is the problem here, really? Mm-hmm. I'm by myself. Okay. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have a question as a you know a woman business owner, and I I think that Jane out of the box is just like what I've been searching for. I mean, if there are people, and I cannot be like the anomaly here, that have issues kind of with putting themselves out there and networking, and it's not necessarily restricted by, you know, because I run my business out of my home or because I'm raising my children. It's not limited by a time constraint or a uh, obligation restraint, but more so just putting yourself out there as, you know, the face and the voice of your company, mm-hmm. how best would you go about, I guess, um, instructing or kind of coaching someone, you know, to kind of move in that direction? Because you're not going to grow your business without networking. I mean, you know, it's just not going to happen. Well, one of the keys might be something that was kind of surfacing before, and that is the idea that you are not your business right? A business is an entity that's not 
that is not actually you. It's very easy to personalize it and to say, well, this business is all about me because I created it. But if you can step back and say, I'm who I am, and this business is a completely separate thing, and you take that mindset, then you're taking care of that business and that business's customers. Wow. That and is that's a your great job. point. <laughs> that is amazing. I wish we, you would have told us that like uh, ten years how many years ago? Ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> SGBA, let's have a moment of silence for SGBA production. Exactly. Um, rest in peace. Yes. <laughs> We own the company together, by the way, Michelle. That's the reason we just now said that the four That's of us own the company, yeah. and yeah. and it could have been. And I think that T and I have had several conversations. Probably I've had conversations with probably everyone except for Danielle, because mm-hmm. she just gives it the middle finger every single time we talk about it. <laughs> but I think we we look back and we could have been so successful, and of course we figured out another way to be. But it was just we had all the different components from our personalities to our expertise to what we brought to the table, and we just couldn't get it right. And I think a lot had to do with what you just now say, Lord, bring on the revelation. It is is about, I think we took it so personally. And, and yes, the, the, the company name was Our Last Names, but that didn't mean that it was it wasn't Us. a business, which which I think it man, damn, you are ten years late, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here now. <laughs> Sheesh. And think of all the wisdom that you accumulated through that experience, right? True. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's honestly, what it's about. I'm not really sure that I would have done that much differently because even though you know there may be feelings about it one way or the other. You know, I learned a lot. I mean, I can right. honestly say that, you know, even if I learned what not to do, I learned a lot, you right. know, and I know what to do going forward. And the best thing about it is that we learned on our own dime. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't, and we really didn't put out a lot of money <laughs> to make it happen, but we were able to learn at a, you know, a, a much younger age than we already in our young youthness right now. But <laughs> youthness. Youthness. That's a good word. I, like I love it. Youthness. That we need to add that to the PD dictionary. PD dictionary entry. Yep. Youthness. Is that with an F? No. No. <laughs> we do not have. We do not have grammatical incorrections. Youth. <laughs> well, we're making up words. <laughs> can be grammatical. But they got to be spelled right. Exactly. All it is is Youth. adding. To the front and the end. Right. <laughs> Look, prefixes and suffixes. There you go. I Danielle, if you just you said English major that was supposed to be backing me up. I was really giving right. as Danielle the cue. <laughs> <laughs> Why you <boo> yourself? <laughs> you know. I didn't boo myself. T booed me. She's trying to be like her husband. Exactly. Who boos people. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that man that you that won't leave. Okay, sure. <laughs> The man that won't leave. It's a wrap on the men, please. Thank you, Dean. Oh. So she wants to be single out there, y'all. Holla at T-Strong, y'all. Holla at T-Strong. Oh, Jesus. Hit her up on a MySpace page. Is it time for the rule yet? Seriously? (laughs) (laughs) I think this would be an excellent opportunity (laughs) to segue into something else. You're listening to Paper Dolls Internet Radio Show with Michelle DeKinder-Smith, founder of Jane Out of the Box, and we're examining students of the game, women entrepreneurs. And right now, we're going to roll into T-Strong CBC Rule of the Week. Rule of the Week. 
thought about this one a lot. Seek and ye shall find. Ask and it shall be given to you. Sounds great, doesn't it? Sure, because it's a biblical principle. However, in our society, this is often a very unrealistic principle, primarily in the business world. I believe in watching your back as much as the next chick, but I also believe in sharing your wealth of knowledge freely, especially as it relates to the advancement of women. So the rule of the week is only from a collective effort will we continue to grow as successful businesswomen. Find another goal-oriented female like yourself and exchange ideas. You never know what your sharing will grant you in return. Sounds good. Now is a good summation of the show. Before we close out, um, I'd like to close out with a, um, a little tidbit from Michelle. And, Michelle, if it was something that you could leave our listeners with to kind of summarize this whole um I guess, objective of this girl power show that we're trying to encourage, inspire, and I guess in a sense advise women that may be looking to expand their business, start a new business, what would you like to leave them with? I think I'd just love to say, it touches on all the things we've talked about tonight, if you've got a passion, right, and it's about passion and you can definitely see yourself owning a business, then pursue that dream. I mean, go out figure out how to do it, be smart about it, right? Talk to other people who have been there before you who might be able to help you. Don't be afraid to ask for help. But you've got to believe in yourself. And I think that's where it starts, is having that passion and believing in it and then just going and getting the information you need to be a success and not letting anything stop you. I like right. it. And Thank if um, our listeners wanted to get a little bit more information about you, Jane Audley Box, or be able to follow up um, with you to maybe get some more tips and pointers, how could they contact you? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, so the website is janeoutofthebox.com. The basic membership to the site is free, so we'd love to encourage your listeners to come check us out. You can also learn more at janeoutofthebox.com forward slash blog. Um, and in both of those places, you can join the website. So we'd love to have you come, jump into the discussion, and, and get some information and tools to help you with your businesses. And become right. a Jane out of the boxer. You like that? And if I might add before we go, I have visited the website, so I would encourage everybody to because there are a lot of good things out there. And one of the things that I would recommend everybody to read is the six um, financial mistakes. Good information, Michelle. (laughs) Of course you're going to jump on some money. (laughs) Hello. She's a financial financial guru. All the time. So good information for people out there trying to get started. Love the site, Michelle. And save. Don't do like Shannon G. Save. 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 (laughs) You can do it. Yes, that's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, Michelle. We greatly appreciate your contributions to the show. Thank you. Thank you to our new Flavor 450 listeners. Always, if you want to hit up the PDs, you can find us on myspace.com forward slash paperdollsonline. And if you have any questions or comments on tonight's show, please send us an email with your feedback at askthedolls at thepaperdollsonline.com. You've been listening to reality radio at its finest, literally. Remember, the minute you settle for less than you deserve, you get even less than you settle for. Now let's get this paper, dolls.